up the sports podcast for thursday the 6th of october i'm randy Kure coming at you live via twitter spaces my thanks to you if you are downloading this episode via your favorite podcatcher or even watching this on youtube um it felt like yesterday uh that we saw steph curry uh lift his fourth nba championship his uh first as uh, finals MVP trophy, but lo and behold, snap of a finger, the NBA preseason has already started uh, with the uh, regular season of the 22-23 campaign uh, less than two weeks away. Uh, it's always a thrill to uh, welcome to the podcast one of the most dedicated cats I am thrilled to know. He is the owner of NBA Buzz and Inside Buzz with approximately a paltry three million uh followers his name is mikey domagala he is joining us from uh well manhattan i uh, believe it or not not his uh, home office in long island but uh mikey as always thank you so much how are you randy as always it's great to talk with you um yeah as you said i'm dedicated so i'm a working man right now i'm kind of doing two things at once and right now my lunch break so or dinner break so it's always nice to be with you no, I really appreciate uh, squeezing me in. Uh, really, uh, really hope you're doing well and uh, really looking forward to talking uh, some hoops. And uh, we will be talking about a few teams uh, more so that may be taking a step back as we uh, prepare for the upcoming season. There's some very interesting storylines within uh, Mikey's Long Island borough of Brooklyn. Uh, some uh, rapid fire uh, that I like to call big deal or no big deal, as well a very inspiring one-on-one -on -one feature Mikey had uh, that you could catch on Inside Buzz uh, with a one-time convicted felon who uh, found, uh, who turned his life around courtesy of sports and uh, particularly with basketball. Uh, so uh, that being said, uh, Mikey, you know, uh, very quickly, uh, I, of course, uh, you know, following you on your social media channels, of course, the uh, off season uh, was roughly the middle of June. I uh, couldn't really tell with all the incredible content that you've posted. Doesn't really look like you had much of a summer, but uh, did you get to do anything worthwhile uh, as the quote unquote off season took place there? Yeah, so technically there's no off-season in, you know, content. You still got to be fresh. You still got to put out, you know, the newest rumors with free agency and trades and everything like that, the draft. But, yeah, it goes by in like a blink of an eye now. Like you said, Steph just hoisted the trophy, and here we are with the season starting. I'm like, oh, my God, there's no let-up. But, no, it, it, it is a break, a break of the norm, I would say, in the off-season of not putting out as much, not going as hard and, you know, I'm still on top of things, but it's it's a little less with less things going on. So, yeah, yeah, I did a lot of fun things with the family and my girlfriend and stuff like that. So it was a pretty successful offseason. Definitely a quick one. So, yeah, it certainly was. Uh, I can remember when you were taking part in the uh, the Tokyo Olympics there as well. And uh, I mean, uh, it just seems like it's uh, it's a lot easier, quote unquote, to uh, post uh, content during an NBA season. But uh, during the off season, it's uh, definitely that much harder. And, uh, you know, you couldn't really tell that uh, you uh, took a day off. Uh, really and truly mean that. Uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, things that did take place during the summer. And uh, we'll certainly get into that. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, before we get into uh, what we can expect uh, for the upcoming season, Mikey, I'd love to mm -hmm. uh, learn what your, think what your thoughts were of the season that uh, took uh, that uh, that passed us, uh, of course. Uh, Luka Doncic, for example, uh, actually uh, made it to a Western Conference final. You saw a real emergence with uh, the likes of John Morant. Uh, James Harden found a new home in Philadelphia. 
uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, and of course, like I said, we'll get into uh, whatever's going on in Brooklyn. But uh, what in your mind uh, stood out uh, with regards to the uh, last season? I mean, it was a season of the Lakers collapse. I mean, yeah, there were some injuries and stuff like that. But who didn't think a LeBron Russell Westbrook led team wouldn't make the playoffs. I mean, now uh, let alone a play in game. So that in itself is a huge surprise. Another one, the Phoenix Suns collapse. I know you mentioned Luca. It's like Luca's like their daddy now. He owns them after that horrid playoff series against the Mavericks. I thought they were going to go all the way, you know, get another finals appearance. And that just took a turn for the worst. Um, and then Boston, Boston choked a little bit in the finals. I thought they could play better than they did but they're still you know a young up-and-coming team really no worries about that look at Tatum and Brown they're like 24 25 making their first finals I mean come on it's it's only up from there so yeah there are some interesting storylines and like we'll met like we'll uh touch on this season this season gonna be a lot of fun coming up yeah certainly I I mean uh the Lakers uh, and uh, as you said uh, as we both said that we are going to be talking about not only the uh, Boston Celtics but the LA Lakers as well but uh you know uh I guess uh in a roundabout sort of way uh you know same old same old when it comes to the uh NBA champions that of course being the Golden State Warriors uh they won uh their fourth NBA championship with the uh big 3 of uh, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry. Uh, Curry, of course, won MVP, uh, Finals MVP uh, for uh, the first time in his incredible career. Uh, where there was before he actually uh, claimed that uh, fourth championship and uh, specifically the Finals MVP, there seemed to be uh, a resistance, if you will, if Steph Curry is one of those top. NBA players I mean I guess to back up a second were you one to uh agree with that narrative and now that he has won a finals uh MVP and a fourth championship can he be considered a top 10 player what do you think his legacy is now uh yeah I'd say he's skating right around top 10 I don't know if he's just there yet I think you know a couple more dominant seasons which he'll have maybe another championship will put him right there in the top 10 um top 10 influence most influential i mean probably top three most influential in nba history but with the finals mvp stuff yeah you know people people would knock him for that and if you think about it like they kind of gave andre gudala that one just to give it to him because he played well i don't think he should have gotten that one i think steph should have got it but steph really you know turned it up in the 2022 nba finals because of that he knew he knew if he didn't get it this time and they won again, the haters would be all over him. So he turned it up. He won them almost all those games in the finals. And yeah, pretty much cemented his legacy as top 12, I would say, maybe top 10 at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, see, with uh, with me, I think uh, the difference is, is that I think Steph Curry is the main reason why the, th the talk of moving the three-point line back started with Steph Curry uh the, the uh where he came out of nowhere just to be now of course he's uh the uh best three-point point shooter in NBA history uh obviously the likes of Kobe LeBron Michael Jordan uh those are you know fixtures pillars uh you know definite top tens to me, I, I, I just wonder if Steph Curry is a difference maker because now the outside game is just so much more pronounced. And I, I, I just have every reason to think that Steph Curry is perhaps the main reason why. Yeah, I mean, he's the main reason why that we're in this, uh, I'll call it the flamethrower league right now where, <laughs> I mean, it's always been like, you know, you feed the hot hand, but right now it's like, a coach won't exactly yank somebody out or think twice of say Kevin Durant just pulls up from a, a deep three, five possessions in a row and say he hits three out of five. It's like, Oh, there's three threes right there. This, this is good. But if you do that, you know, say 15 years plus ago, you know, a coach will yank you out with the, what the hell are you doing shooting all these threes with, you know, mm -hmm. your big men down there or, uh, nobody to box out or nobody in a rebounding position, you know, but it's just, it's just a different game. So I would say that's where Steph really changed the game 
you know, pulling up from three like it's nothing is just no problem now throughout the whole league. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, it'd be uh, just uh, obviously the Warriors have every reason to uh, contend for uh, a fifth uh, championship uh, under Steph Curry's reign. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens uh, in uh, by the Bay Area. So, uh, Mikey, of course, uh, it is no secret that you and I pledge allegiance to a couple of teams in the Atlantic. Uh, of course, my uh, Toronto Raptors, uh, if you are watching via YouTube, you can see the nice Toronto Raptors display and a uh, a Raptors uh, zip up that I'm wearing. Mikey pledges allegiance to uh, the New York Knicks, of course. Uh, but uh, there's a couple of teams in the Atlantic. Well, I guess the other three teams in the Atlantic have uh, some interesting storylines. Uh, we'll, of course, start with the Boston Celtics. Uh, they uh, did have an incredible uh, season last season, making it to the NBA Finals. And uh, lo and behold, they have... Um, uh, a, a real uh, 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 issue now with uh, Imi Udoku, uh not being allowed to coach this season. He was suspended when word came out of uh, a relationship that uh, he had with a female associate. Um, I don't want to get into uh, the whole narrative of whether he should be suspended for the year or not, but uh with uh, Boston uh, now going through uh, this kind of change, like, are the Celtics in trouble uh, with uh, Yudoku not at the uh, at the helm? Well, they are. You can call them an NBA Finals slash almost championship team. So that in itself shows that they have like a really talented crop of players there. Just got Malcolm Brogdon to you know join the squad. That's a great addition. Whether he's going to start or even be six men easily get six man of the year that guy if you were to do that there but yeah there's going to be some issues issues in you know a new playbook um new relationship with their interim coach now i think he was an assistant he just slid up but still you know it's all different um they're used to yudoka maybe calling certain plays or his intensity and a random 180 out of nowhere could maybe shed a couple a couple wins um you know, be the difference between wins and losses on the season. So I don't see that much of a difference, but maybe some, let's see, some growing pains with this new coach. I could see where they go on a little more skids than they, you know, wouldn't have with Udoka. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're the Boston Celtics just in the finals. Tatum and Brown, you know, getting better. Brogdon in there. I could see them, you know, atop, atop the East again. It's uh, It just... What really is intriguing to me is if Boston uh, was able to have a strong season, if they make a deep run into the playoffs without Yudoku in the uh, as a head coach. Like, what do you think the consensus would be if that was to take place? Uh, is it uh, more so a testament of uh, the Celtics having a strong team? Is it more so uh, a realization of coaching not making much of a difference? Like where in the, uh, which side of the fence do you think you are with regards to that? Um, I would say probably 70% that is the players and how they're going to play. And then the 30% is, you know, the play calling, the intensity, um, the player to coach relationship. So yeah, I would say 70-30 on that. Yeah, no, it's uh, obviously uh, you, you do think of a person like Greg Popovich and uh, you have to think that he was such a huge difference maker, uh, you know. And, and uh, well, to hop in there, you know, I'd say with different coaches, it's different things. Like Udoka is still pretty new to the Celtics. And then there's Popovich, who's an all-time legend, um, you know, years and years of relationships with Duncan and them at the time. So you take Popovich out of those teams. Now that's where it's almost like 60, 40. It's Popovich. You know what I mean? So it's it levels depending on the coach. I would yeah, say. no, no, no. I, uh, I completely hear what you're saying there for sure. Uh, uh, you know, sticking uh, with the uh, Atlantic uh, division, uh, Mikey, uh, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets are just uh, a, a franchise that I don't know if uh, that Brooklyn air is a, is a jinx, but 
they didn't really have these kind of issues when they were in the swamp in Jersey. I mean, they come to Brooklyn. They had Mikhail Prokhorov as the owner. They made the trade for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. They gave up a couple of picks and no big deal. It was just uh, the likes of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who were eventually uh, those picks. But uh, now, uh, of course, everything that happened with regards to Kyrie Irving and um uh now they traded James Harden for Ben Simmons there was issue there was a word that Ben Simmons didn't want to play uh during the playoffs Kevin Durant wants to tra- I'm losing my breath here Mikey I mean why <laughs> what is going on in uh Brooklyn uh these days uh what have you heard out of uh training camp I mean I covered all of it all through and through I read every single comment section on every post everybody's what the hell is going on with that team it's a lot of it's a lot of me 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 players. You know what I mean? You got Kyrie, KD, KD already won his championship now, which just seems like I don't know. He's just not gelling with his teammates. If he doesn't get what he wants, he's just not going to do it. But it seems like he's just going to cater to the Nets this year because they couldn't they couldn't trade him. Um, yeah. Then there's the Ben Simmons situation. It seems like he's in relatively good spirits now. It seems like last you know, last playoff seems like he wasn't at all with Steve Nash and all those guys there and Kyrie in the mix. Oh my God. It, like you said, it's never ending, but I think, you know, Brooklyn won't be a, a top, top three team in, in the East. I would say because of all those egos will kind of hurt them. I could see like maybe a fifth seed and probably collapsing in the playoffs again. I mean, the Celtics swept them. The Nets could have easily taken, easily taken a game. You have an all time talent. And Kevin Durant, a probably top, okay, top 75 player of all time in Kyrie Irving, and you can't steal one game? Are you kidding me? That It was sad. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, uh, you kind of glossed over and uh, mentioned Steve Nash, but it was during the offseason where Kevin Durant uh, reportedly went to ownership and uh, demanded uh, Steve Nash and uh, Sean Mars, GM, to uh, be fired. That didn't happen. Uh, there was word that he was uh, that Durant was being shopped, uh, the Raptors being one of them. Uh, but uh, with all of the noise that happened, nothing happened. And yeah. uh, I really would have loved to have been a fly on the wall uh, to uh, see Nash call that uh, that first uh, scrimmage there, <laughs> but uh, during practice. But uh, uh, do you think? that Brooklyn can overcome, uh, I guess specifically between uh, KD and Nash, if you want to throw in Josiah, the owner. Uh, do you think they're going to let bygones be bygones over there? I, I, I think winning. I think winning is the, the formula. I think winning is the medicine that will make that relationship heal a little bit. You know, you, you start losing. You get all these rumors about Kyrie, if he's going to play, if he's vaccinated or not um is ben simmons gonna play it's just there's just rifts through the media that they all see and that puts a sour a sour taste in all of their mouths so i think a fresh slate in 22 23 winning you know will will solve all of it i think and to touch on the raptors randy because i'm sure you're gonna go there because this is our third interview you always touch on the raptors uh, well, well i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I, 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 I think it's the best case scenario for you guys that you didn't go after KD. It would have cost way too much. Scotty Barnes, your little, you know, token rookie last year, he would have been gone. Your, your first round draft picks gone. Um, Probably they, they'd probably want Gary Trent Jr. in there too, because their ask was so much another great young player gone. So I like what you guys are doing there. I think KD getting thrown in the mix, him and Siakam wouldn't have, wouldn't play good together so i think it's the best scenario that it didn't happen for you guys well i couldn't agree more and it's funny i did have a uh a round table uh with uh some uh we were talking basketball we were talking about uh the raptors kevin durant uh kevin durant made it known that he was a raptors fan uh more than likely a vince carter uh, fan from back in the day uh and on the surface i mean kevin durant is probably uh, one of the best players in league history. Uh, but he is, if he's not 35, he's just about to be 35. He uh, is owed 
over a hundred million dollars uh between now and uh uh when he his contract's over four years from now so he'll be 39 uh he went through an achilles uh rupture lo and behold in toronto and yeah you, uh, if the ask was scotty barnes maybe pascal siakam lord knows how many picks uh yeah. on the surface yeah sure kevin durant uh uh would look great in a Raptors uniform, but if you're giving up the future, I mean, uh, hey, Brooklyn did that once before. We just mentioned it. Uh, Tatum and uh, Brown are in Boston so, because of uh, Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce. Uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, did, was there a possibility, uh, you know, uh, of Brooklyn uh, thinking about? Now, I know that Miami was in the mix. Phoenix was in the mix. Um, was there talk about New York uh, from if there was, it wasn't really overly uh, as pronounced as, say, the Phoenixes, Miami's, Toronto's, et cetera. Yeah, no, it wasn't even, uh, I'd say, close to verified. It was more like, you know, gossip New York websites, and gossip reporters, look, you know, fishing for views and retweets. I would say that's the degree of KD coming to the Knicks around that time. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought Phoenix. I didn't think Miami. I thought Phoenix or Toronto. I thought Phoenix could have a good ask with like, let's say Cam Johnson, a lot of picks, and maybe Mikael Bridges and another young player. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think Phoenix would 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 do that, and because of KD's history, like you said, his age and everything like that, it's just I don't know, man. They would have depleted their whole bench, their whole defensive side of the ball. Well, I mean, uh, not that uh, not that he was being rumored to go back there, but if you want to talk about draft capital and uh, uh, you know uh, where, <laughs> that's right, Oklahoma City. I mean, <laughs> how ironic would that be of uh, you know wanting out in Brooklyn uh, after completely? Is, uh, you know, like you were saying, say with Toronto, you said you know have to get rid of um, Siakam, Scotty Barnes, picks. Okay, if KD can't even win one playoff game with Kyrie Irving and the other, you know, solid pieces on that Nets team last year. What makes you think he's going to win anything in Oklahoma City? What makes you think, you know, uh, Toronto gutting their team? That doesn't mean they're going to win a championship. It's more just for sales and saying, oh, look, we have KD on the team now. You know, it's just, it's not worth it. Um, It's been done in the past and it just shows that gutting a team, it's just, it's just not the move. Well, and it looks like Oklahoma City, and now I might be a couple years early, but uh, they seem to have something going with uh, Gilgis Alexander, Dort, uh, Giddy, uh, and of course, uh, all of the uh, the uh, prospects that they have behind. That being said, and focusing back on Brooklyn, Mikey, let's say they find the uh, secret. Let's say that uh, Kyrie and Simmons and KD have that kind of uh, season. Let's say Nash is contending for a uh, coach of the year. Uh, I don't know about the latter, but if things go well, you could see the Brooklyn Nets contend for an NBA championship. Uh, You're not convinced. Yeah, you, think, not uh, you think the damage has been done? Uh, not even that the damage has been done. I think the rest of the league have just improved tremendously. Um, the Nets are lacking some depth. I mean, they really don't even have a true big man by, right now. The smart thing to do, rather than, you know, signing a couple of the free agents that they did, I'm kind of losing track off the top of my head, but they weren't all that big. They weren't true big men. Like, you need, like, say, Dwight Howard's a free agent right now. He would be a nice piece off the bench play 20 minutes a night, grab 10 rebounds a night, and play defense. That's what that's what the Nets need. I mean, they like to run small ball sometimes with KD at the five and, you know, other guys at the five. It just, it just doesn't work. Like, I went to a few Nets games last season. It's like, if the Nets aren't scoring, they're letting up points. And if they're scoring, they're usually scoring a little more that they stay ahead. But the defense is just not there. And that's where I think Ben Simmons will come into play. Right. But in, in the interior, it's just – it's a cakewalk. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, I, and uh, obviously, uh, you may be, uh, maybe, uh, uh, maybe right there, but uh, I don't know if <laughs> it, it's just that nothing. I don't think uh, after everything that has happened in Brooklyn, either this year or since they moved there, nothing surprises me with that franchise. And 
uh, if they uh, go into the tank or if they have an incredible year. I'm not, I'm going to say that that's so Brooklyn uh, in the. Uh, I'm here in Manhattan. Um, let's say 20 blocks away from where my Knicks play at Madison Square Garden, a couple mm-hmm. miles away from the Barclays Center. There's a different grit in both teams. The Nets are, you know, prima donnas to a point with KD and Kyrie going on Twitter and stuff like that and bantering and complaining or whatever, asking for trades. Then the Knicks are almost like the, the hardworking team right now, like R.J. Barrett, great two-way defensive player. They're really, you know, grounding their young guys, turning them into, you know, future stars, hopefully, just doing it the right way. A little more hard-nosed than the Nets. A little more, okay, we know we're not that good, but if we work hard under Thibodeau and we really play defense, we could maybe, you know, make the playoffs this year. And fans just buy into that way more than, you know, all the drama in Brooklyn. Well, you know, it's uh, funny uh, that you bring up uh, New York, and I was kind of curious in uh, where you think where you think things are uh, leaning towards. Uh, what is the, I guess, um, what are Knicks fans expecting? I mean, we were going to talk about this in the end, but since you brought it up, like, uh, uh, where is Thibodeau in terms of? Uh, what is expected? Are Knicks going to be patient? Uh, I mean, it has been a long time since uh, New York, uh, well, the Knicks have found, uh, have had playoff yeah. success, etc. Jalen Brown, I'm so excited. I mean, I already saw him the other night in the preseason drop like 16 points in 14 minutes. Jalen Brunson, he's going to be a great addition. We finally have a true point guard. Two years ago, during that great season where they were like the fourth seed, Julius Randle almost MVP, Alfred Payton was the starting point guard. Last year, you know, they slip a little bit. RJ took a took a leap, but not the rest of the team. Alec Burks, you know, a scoring shooting guard is running the point. Derrick Rose was out. They just didn't have a true point guard. Now we have a young star, Jalen Brunson, scoring, you know, playmaker at the one. Really excited for that. A lot of young guys, Obi Toppin. Um, Emmanuel quickly, um, bunch of other guys, Mitchell Robinson, um, Grimes is great, but back to Thibodeau, he's still a little not convinced about playing these young guys in big minutes. He said he won't play Obi Toppin and Randall together. Won't really intertwine them. Um, Evan Fournier is going to be the starter while it should be Grimes. Fournier is like a traffic cone on defense. Grimes is a, you know, gritty (laughs) two-way guy who could shoot the ball, who, was probably the reason why Donovan Mitchell wasn't traded to New York was Quentin Grimes. So he should really be getting the start over Evan Fournier, in my opinion. So Dibbs is still hanging on to his veterans a little bit. And some fans don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems that uh, uh, Thibodeau is not in the hot seat, if you will, at this point. But, uh, well, who knows if uh, the Knicks come out uh, strong at the gate and – have a decent run in the playoffs uh anything uh anything could happen for sure uh but uh over uh over to the other side of the uh to the uh the continent and uh from one storied franchise to another uh you mentioned uh everything about the lakers how uh, they had such a disappointing season and uh I mean, uh, there's a lot of big things expected in LA, but it's not with regards to the Lakers. I mean, obviously, uh, you've seen us uh, pictures of Kawhi Leonard these days. I mean, from he looks like more of a beast than he did uh, uh, in years past. Uh, of course, they have John Wall, Norman Powell. Uh, but anyway, back to the Lakers. And uh, 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 the first year head coach Darvin Ham. Uh, apparently, he uh, does have the support of LeBron James for now. Uh, is, uh, do you think he's going to get uh, a legit legitimate chance? Uh, Darvin Ham will leading the Lakers. So he he is very very highly regarded. Um, you know, he's an NBA champion, former player. It seems like NBA players like player coaches. It seems like they respect them a little more. Maybe not Steve Nash, <laughs> but um, it's like Darvin Ham, you know, he's a gritty guy. Like I said, a champion as a player. And I didn't mention he's a champion as an assistant in Milwaukee. So he does have a pretty, you know, decorated career. Um, and he's saying all the right things about Russell Westbrook, you know, giving him confidence 
being okay with his mistakes. Just, you know, he has to clean it up and be the rust that he once was. So he's saying all the right things. The Lakers, you know, made some nice pieces in the offseason, a couple nice young draft picks coming in. Um, you know, it's it's almost like uh, the Brooklyn Nets 2.0 over there, though. Is Anthony Davis going to stay healthy? Um, or Patrick Beverly and Russell, Rus- and Russell Westbrook not going to fight each other, you know, in uh, in practice? You know, all things like that are some hypotheticals. I think they make the playoffs this year. I think they bounce back. I, I have to ask, as a Knicks fan, uh, how much does it hurt to see Carmelo Anthony in a Lakers jersey? Well, he's a free agent right now, my friend. Um, oh, no, sure, but last tough. year, excuse me. <laughs> it, it, it was a little tough, but I think the Knicks should bring back Melo right now, and I think it's a sin that him and Dwight Howard aren't in the NBA right now. Mm, yeah, no, I mean uh... – uh, obviously, uh, uh, obviously, what uh, Carmelo Anthony had uh, accomplished, and uh, he, he, you, you, I saw some, some, uh, something where he uh, kind of excelled in Portland, and obviously, uh, he yeah. uh, took a step back in uh, in L.A. Yeah, um, but I wouldn't even call it a step back. He averaged like twelve points per game, maybe forty-four uh, percent shooting. I mean, what more can you ask from, say, a thirty-eight-year-old guy off the bench? I mean think he'd he'd average 10 right now for a team off the bench and i'm perfectly fine with that if he wants to come home to msg are they uh are they a playoff team la play in tournament uh yeah yeah i I think at worst the playing i don't think they're gonna slip and really be that pathetic again like that (laughs) well uh no it's it is kind of unusual to uh not see lebron james uh let alone in an nba final but of course not making the playoffs and uh are they going to be able to have uh, a successful uh 22 23 season uh you know mikey um i uh did really want to chat with you and congratulate you on a great interview you did with uh uh aaron showtime taylor for those of you who are not aware of uh taylor's story he is a uh he was convicted of armed robbery and spent uh, had a life sentence in san quentin prison uh uh, because of said uh armed robbery i mentioned that he had uh and really opened up uh to you i it was just uh really uh emotional to see uh, how open he was to say that he was uh, pretty much hit rock bottom. Uh, and then he found uh, like a, a, a rejuvenation mm-hmm. by calling basketball games uh, in the San Quentin prison yard. And lo and behold, it uh, he found himself as a guest PA announcer uh, for the Warriors during the 21 season. Uh Congratulations on a on a great uh, on uh, some great work there. How did you hear about his story, Mikey? And uh, how excited were you uh, to have him on uh, NBA Buzz? Yeah, well, first, Randy, of course, I appreciate the kind words um, as always. Uh, where did I hear about him? I mean, kind of when he went viral um, right outside of the pandemic. Um, I think it was 2021, like you mentioned, the Warriors brought him in to be a guest PA announcer. Uh, a couple months after he got out of prison, he had that connection to the Warriors. And that night, you know, I posted it on NBA Buzz. It kind of went viral on NBA Buzz itself, along with, you know, how it was being received across the league and you know, on social channels and stuff like that. Um, and he followed. So he's been an NBA Buzz follower since that day. Um, and, you know, I congratulated him on all the success, you know, that day and, you know, thanked him for following and everything like that. And I said, you know, we'll do something soon. Um, you know, then just life happens and other guests come up and I kind of forget about them. And I thought one day he posted something I'm like, Oh, Aaron Showtime Taylor, I, I gotta, I gotta get him on the show. So he was so willing, so, so happy that I messaged him. And so, you know, thankful that I had him on my show. He was, you know, he's telling me he's going to give me all the best stories because of my 3 million follower audience. He's like, oh, I'm giving you all, all the good stories. I'm like, okay, okay. But no, he gave a great hour and a half ish interview. We covered a lot of topics about, you know, life, basketball and prison. Um, that day with the Warriors, when the Warriors would visit San Quentin and how he developed that relationship. So it was, it was all good stuff. And, I think a big thing from that 
is, yeah, like you mentioned, he hit rock bottom, but I'll kind of say something my grandfather always tells me. It's like, you're never lucky. You just create your own luck based off like the hard work you do. So how I see it, Aaron Showtime Taylor, rather than boohooing in a prison cell all day, he took it upon himself to fall in love with basketball again, call games, created his own luck to be, you know, the voice of prison basketball. And then the Golden State Warriors come in and they see what he's doing. He's creating his own luck every time, every time where he got out. And there they are calling him to be a guest PA announcer. And now he's kind of, you know, intertwined with pro basketball and basketball in California. So all his hard work is credited to that. And it really was a special story. You could find it on, uh, you know, Inside Buzz on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. I, de- I highly recommend uh, if you haven't uh, taken a listen to uh, that interview to uh, to do yourself a favor and uh, and uh, take a listen to it. Like I, I loved how uh, uh, Showtime mentioned, uh, you know, Doc Emmerich. I, I mean, obviously, as a Canadian, I uh, have a big appreciation for hockey. And he mentioned how uh, the Sega Genesis video game, which I actually have as I had as well when I was a younger guy. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, who hasn't uh, hit a low point? Like, uh, you know, my rock bottom didn't include crime and uh drug uh, uh drug use and such uh which uh tail uh, uh showtime had mentioned to you but uh i definitely had a couple of low points and uh you know i just love what uh, your grandfather said about creating luck and you know knock on wood i'm uh, in a great position uh, professionally and uh yeah no rather than boohooing in my room uh, you know, just making the most out of an opportunity. It's uh, it's just, it's so truthful for anybody who's out there who's, uh, you know, not seeing the good fortune that they think that they should have. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And, you know, he always tells me that because of certain opportunities I get, and, you know, in the media world and people I interview and stuff like that. You know, he says, if you didn't put in this 11-ish years of NBA buzz, you know, this stuff wouldn't be happening. So, yeah, it's all, all good stuff. Absolutely. Like, uh, did you take, uh, like, was there a specific takeaway from Showtime that uh, you left, uh, uh, were left with? Yeah, I would say on two different fronts. Um, One front, the NBA front, I would say, is, you know, when Draymond, he told a story about when the Warriors and Draymond Green came to San Quentin and Draymond's, you know, in there um, playing like dice and whatever he was playing with the inmates and talking smack to them and, you know, bet saying he'd bet money if such and such happens and just more like a human element of that story. And more like, you know, all everything he was saying about fellow inmates who he knows who have turned it around like himself, who are, you know, waiting on their sentence, waiting on their parole that he's seen and been a part of groups of, you know, rehabilitation. I think that's good for people to hear so there's not that narrative which there is a narrative about you know ex-cons back on the streets you know it doesn't always work out I mean it's a fact that it doesn't but then there's stories like Aaron Showtime Taylor and he proves that you know rehabilitation through the prison system can be successful and he's kind of you know out there talking about how more people need to clean up their act and knock off their street mentality and thinking who they are and whatnot and landing themselves in prison isn't cool and he he did 26 years and he'll tell you that so that's what i took from it the rehabilitation process yeah it's really easy to feel sorry for ourselves but uh for those uh who are able to uh, find that strength to try and overcome uh you know those are those will they, they'll always be a winner uh, i couldn't agree more so uh you know mikey i uh, i just want to uh Thank you so much. I mean, you're uh, doing this while you're on your dinner break. I, I you know, I, I do want to uh, end things off with a little bit of fun like we've uh, had in the past. Uh, we're going to have a little rapid fire segment, but uh, you're always a, a great, uh, you're always a great um, a sport when it comes to a little trivia question that I have. Uh, and uh, without further ado, I do want to present to you. Now I'm uh, pr- uh, showing uh, Mikey. Uh, now, unfortunately, it's a little difficult to get a focus here, but uh, this is, in fact, a Canadian $2 coin. 
I'm not sure uh, how much you use dollar bills uh, in your regular day-to-day -day life, but in Canada, we have a, a $2 coin, a $1 coin, and uh, like in the United States, quarter, dime, uh, nickel. We don't have a penny, actually. We got rid of that. Uh, but uh, uh, this, <laughs> this $2 coin has a nickname. And Mikey Domagala, I'm wondering if you know what this nickname is. There is a link. I, I will give you. I will give you a, a hint. Uh, there is a uh, a link to the one dollar coin. Uh, uh, if you know what that nickname of the one dollar coin is in Canada. Randy, I have no idea, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely none. I, I I can't even you know muster together a guess. So, uh, have you heard of the term the loony? in canada that's the one dollar coin has that ever have you ever heard of that before all i know is kavan looney on golden state <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but no i haven't i haven't actually okay so uh the one dollar coin uh is nicknamed the looney the two dollar coin lo and behold is the toonie so uh i uh, i don't know uh uh how much uh I don't know if uh, credit cards are just overtaking our uh, our paper currency and our coins and so on. We did get rid of the penny, and I do think uh, I don't think a lot of people are missing that. But uh, anyway, Mikey, uh, no, thanks so much uh, for playing another edition of Canadian trivia. But uh, on to our ra <laughs> on to our rapid fire segment. Uh, I like to call it Big Deal, No Big Deal. You did touch on uh, Donovan Mitchell and uh, whether he was potentially coming to the New York Knicks. Uh, uh, you know, I, uh, obviously he has, uh, an incredible regular season resume. Uh, however, he is somebody uh, that has only won two playoff series, Mikey. Uh, if Donovan Mitchell came to the New York Knicks, would that have been a big deal or no big deal? Really depends on who it's for. I mean, you get rid of RJ Barrett. It's no big deal at all because it would be the same old Knicks. R.J. Barrett averages 22 a game. We'll be trade that off, you know, for picks and other players for 27 points per game, 25 points per game. So there wouldn't be much of a difference. R.J. even plays more defense. So if it's, you know, a swap at R.J., no. It would have been a big deal if the Knicks, you know, maybe catered to the pick side of it. Um, you know, and pairing um, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, and R.J. Barrett together, that's a big deal. But Randy, do you really want to get rid of your whole future for not winning a championship? Because I will say it right now, if Donovan Mitchell came, the Knicks would not have won a championship. So I'm totally fine with what happened. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, where the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to end up and how much of a difference maker Donovan Mitchell uh, would be for the Cavaliers. Uh, I mean, uh, they, of course, Cleveland uh, did have a pretty strong season, but is that uh, cohesion with a uh, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen are, is there too many hands in the cookie jar? Uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens uh, in Cleveland. Uh, you know, we did uh, go, uh, we did talk about uh, Kevin Durant and uh, if he was to become a Toronto Raptor, uh, was there talk of him being a New York Nick? Uh, you did mention that you are excited about uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, Mikey, where do you think the Raptors are going to finish up? Of course, it was a pretty uh, 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 impressive season last year, uh, 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 getting to uh, fourth. Of course, they didn't uh, make it past the first round. Where's Toronto going to be uh, finishing up, Mikey? I can see like a five or six seed. Scotty Barnes really going to take that next step this year. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited. Uh, his first game, it looked like he was comfortable already. And he was, you know, has that NBA body where he could shoot and dunk all over people and rebound. I think he's going to be a uh, great young player. I could see like a, yeah, five, six seed. Yeah. I, I think, I think, oh, I'm sorry. What was that last one? I'm, I'm curious to know what, what you think. Yeah, no, you know, I, I'm really uh, intrigued and uh, curious about how Scotty Barnes is going to uh, overcome the sophomore jinx, if you will. Obviously, uh, there's going to be a lot more eyes on him, uh, and uh, he's uh, he can't do it alone. And I really do believe that Pascal Siakam 
is one of those uh one of those pieces that uh didn't so much re uh rely on the likes of Ka Kawhi Leonard I think he is uh creating his own uh his own uh footprint as a real star in the league and uh with uh Fred Van Vliet uh you know another uh, year leading as a point guard uh you you think that they do have a foundation with finals experience to why can't they uh, uh get uh, first uh, home a home court advantage during the first round i'm thinking uh if it's uh between four and six i think if they do go uh below six i think it i think it will be a disappointment mm. that's a good point about siakam because he really did take a huge huge step um at the end of last season i feel like he what do you have like 20 points, 10 rebounds and five assists and like a bunch of games straight at the end of the year. I feel like I remember posting, he really carried them. Um, that's a good point about championship experience because the league doesn't have that, especially, you know, so many players mishmashed around over the last couple of years. Um, there's still a lot of champions from that um, 2019 team still on the roster. So that mixed with the young kids, Gary Trent Jr., one of my favorite players, sharpshooting defender. Yeah, I, I can see it. Four, four, five, six. So, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, definitely going to be an exciting, uh, an exciting season between uh, your Knicks and my Raptors. Now we have uh, talked uh, about basketball from moment one, but uh, you are a big baseball fan. You are a uh, Yankees fan. And uh, of course, uh, history, and I'm going to use uh, quote unquote, history was made uh uh, as Aaron Judge uh, hit uh, his 62nd home run, the most home runs in American League history. Um, as a Yankees fan, uh, like, how enamored were you as Judge, uh, you know, pursued Maris's uh, home run record? Was that a big deal or no big deal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say from like 58 to 62, every time he hit it, I'd jump out of my seat. Um, it's, it's huge. I mean, the, the Yankees should make him part owner, throw every, every, every kind of dollar amount they can at him to keep him in New York, make him the new captain. Cause he really is, you know, a Derek Jeter like figure off the field and a clean Barry Bonds figure on the field. So <laughs> it, it was a big, it was a big deal around here, Randy, you know, everybody at my job, my parents, um, Everywhere you look, if the Yankees are on, everybody's like, oh, my God, Judge is up. Turn on, turn on uh, Yes Network to, you know, let's let's watch him. So it, it was a huge deal. Yeah, you know, okay, look, I, I know it was a big deal in New York and throughout Major League Baseball, but I'm just saying to myself, and now, look, I want to think that I could take myself out of the fan in me, uh, my uh, the rival that is the New York Yankees division rival, but – this is not the major league record. Like there is no other sport where a conference record is under the, uh, under the spotlight like this, Mikey. Yes. Yes. But remember he is a New York Yankee. Yes. Derek Jeter is not the greatest shortstop of all time. Is not. But, the greatest. Okay. <laughs> but, I'll say it again, but he's a New York Yankee. So the spotlight is always bigger. Um, it's just always bigger and better in New York. So judge doing it in front of the New York fan base. Um, it's just a huge deal. Looking at the history of, you know, the Yankees, look, look at all the legends. He had to pass Babe Ruth, Roger Maris to get there and alone for the franchise. Now look league wide for the conference. You know, it's, it's big. It's, it's a big deal, but I see both sides, you know, a lot of non-Yankee fans aren't thinking it's a, you know, a big stink, but yeah. it, 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 it is, it is. Especially because he batted, he batted 315. I mean, stole about 20 bases. He's he's winning MVP. Otani, not this year. So it's it, Judge did it the right way. He didn't bat 220. He batted 320, and it was just a fantastic season. Well, uh, I I wonder what is more outrageous, uh, the whole pursuit to 62 and the attention that took uh, that. Uh, the me uh that judge had with regards to the chase of 62 or this notion that Aaron judge is going to leave New York I'm sorry like when I am hearing oh he 
is potentially going to go to Boston. Uh, like, look, put it in a basketball perspective. I didn't for one second think Giannis was going to leave Milwaukee. To me, this is uh, Giannis uh, leaving Milwaukee times 100. There is yes. no way Aaron Judge is going to leave New York, will he? That's that's kind of how I see it. He's he's like a staple in the history. He's the next team captain to come up if he resigns, most likely. Uh, the only the only team would be the Giants, San Francisco Giants, where he grew up, his hometown team. That's the only thing I see. But I think he's it's he's too too sewn into the fabric of the New York Yankees to just get up and go. I think he lo- he I think he loves it here. Yeah, no, and you can and you could tell that he's a great ambassador, not only for uh, Major League Baseball, but specifically the New York Yankees. Uh, Mikey, uh, thank you so much for everything. Very quickly, uh, where can basketball fans find your incredible content? Yeah, of course. Um, follow NBA Buzz on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at official NBA Buzz. Um, check out Inside Buzz on YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify for. 45-ish interviews with former players, um, all kinds of NBA personnel. And yeah, Randy, that's about it. And I appreciate you supporting me. I see you every day in the comments. section. <laughs> so it's always great to see you engaging that way. And then, you know, jumping on these podcasts with you is always fun. No, thank I really, really appreciate it. And I, I mean, it's always a, a great uh, back and forth and the engagement that you can create uh, with the posts that uh that you post and uh, you know, Mikey uh, with everything that you have on your plate, I am uh, so incredibly grateful uh, for you for a friendship. I truth be told, I did look at tickets uh, to see the Knicks and the Raptors. I would love to go with you, but I'm going to have to take a second mortgage on my house. Uh, maybe I have to wait to springtime and uh, maybe we could catch a Jays Yankees game. Although it may not be as uh, I may not be saving any money, but I'm actually going to be in Washington, D.C. in a couple of weeks, and I know that's uh, a little too far from you, but uh, one of these days, you and I are going to lift the glass because uh, I owe you a big one. Uh, Mikey Domagala, I couldn't thank you enough. Randy, it'll be on me. Don't worry. I'll take care. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, let's definitely catch a, catch a New York Yankees or Knicks game whenever you come by. I'm more than happy to meet you, you know, in the flesh rather than over Zoom. Excellent. Excellent. His name is Mikey Domagala. He is owner and founder of uh, NBA Buzz, Inside Buzz. Uh, Check him out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My name is Randy Coure. This is What's Up the Sports Podcast. I am found on uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, at What's Up Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you are doing well and keeping safe. And we'll talk to you next time.